0: Welcome to Tailored Mindfulness Experience podcast. This is where we explore topics that matter and interview people passionate about mindfulness. The TME training system of mindfulness is created around the needs of each individual. Our guiding principle is your life, your practice. Find out more about our TME qualified instruction at mtmindconsulting.com. Welcome to TMA Mindfulness Podcast. My name is Bob Chang. Today I have the lovely Julian Leg in UK, a clinical psychologist, behavioral analyst and a mindfulness coach, and Zarko Zanko in Slovenia, an IT specialist and a mindfulness coach. So today we will be uh, exploring and talking about mindfulness and parenting. Um, so... I will we'll start with you, Jill um, uh, and Zarko. Um, what was it like for for you to be a parent? You know, when you first found out, you're expecting or you're uh, going to have a, a child. What what was the experience like from the beginning?
1: Good question. Um... And might be quite different for a a female and a male perspective. That's quite a a good from there.
0: So so what was it like, (laughs) Jill, um, you know, uh, for you in terms of the sensory experience and and what was going on?
1: I think for me, it was something that, you know, when you realize that you're going to have a child and you've been wanting one for a long time and you kind of find out you're actually pregnant, I think there's like a few moments where I was just in this idyllic kind of bliss of like, yes, it's going to be amazing. Um, and then pretty soon, just kind of, I think, um, even before the baby comes along, a panic set in and oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> and especially as you're like, you know, actually pregnant and you're. I guess your sensory experience. It's interesting thinking about it from a point of view of the sensory experience as a a woman, you know, carrying a baby. That all kind of starts to change, and you start to kind of just. I think, you know, you start to get a feeling already about what it's going to be like to not just be you anymore. That's how I would describe it, Um, and kind of this sort of, yeah this development over the nine months and then, you know, actually giving birth and suddenly having this baby, um, a beautiful and scary experience is how I would sum it up.
0: I mean, what comes to mind is, it's um, utterly amazing how the woman's body changes. You know, know, uh, I remember when my wife's body just changes so quickly. Yeah, uh, and it's amazing how that that's natural, n- how nature prepares the body and and all those hormones and um, its it changes. It, it was just it's it's just amazing. Uh, yeah. what about for you, Zarko?
2: Well, it's not just that the female body changes; also the mind, <laughs> the brains, <laughs> those <laughs> hormones. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had. Like we have been together with my wife now for thirteen years, and we have a child who is four years. So we were already nine years married. and but during the time when she was pregnant, we had some of the like, worst arguments for stupid reasons, and I just had no idea like, what was going on and. Only then, later when I read about yeah, all these hormones and everything is changing, then I got it. Uh, and at that time, I was not uh, working with meditation at all. Uh, so it was a challenging experience. Also, one thing that I remember from that period before our son was born was this constant kind of background fear that something will go wrong. All of the, the medical checkups and so on, like taking, m- making sure like what she was eating, what she was drinking, and uh, to make everything properly. Uh, but we had no idea like what it is like when when the child is actually born and the first months <laughs> when we were like, counting days, you know. Uh, when when is the next um, major uh, this date you know after after 14 year, 14 days like this and this should be after uh, six weeks like something and we were all the time waiting for those okay. milestones and that things would get quieter. <laughs> <laughs> we would get more sleep. Uh, so it was the the, the the months before the our son was born, they were like kind of fear and so on, but it was nothing to prepare us for what would be after the birth. <laughs> that, that's when when things started getting
0: crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, crazy times, and uh, I remember when uh, my son was first born, um, and it, nothing prepares you for it because you yes. you've, you've, you watch you know films, you see things on, on television. I remember just holding him for the first time and thinking this strange person, um, and because I had the expectation that when the, the child is born. I would develop gushing love and everything, you know. There was that expectation, but in actuality, it was just um, strange. It would, I would, I, you know, when he was born, um, I think the connection developed. It wasn't like for me anyway. It wasn't like boom, bam, you know, that gushing love. Mm-hmm. So the first time I, I held him, it was like, um, who's who's this strange person, um, this strange creature? And then I could feel the, the more I held him that there was um slowly gradually there was that emotion um that developed uh you know with with uh with what was holding in terms of a sensory clarity of, of what was happening that that was my experience and also when we first took uh our son home um he because of the blood and everything, it was just s- slowly um, flowing. When we when we saw, got him in the morning, he was like blue, and we're thinking, "Oh no, you know, have we actually frozen <laughs> our oh, baby?" So there was all that learning curve of what it's like to be a parent, because no, no, nobody prepares you for that.
1: I think it's well, because actually, I, I I'm the only one here that's done it twice. Is that right? I've got. I'm the only, woman too. So yeah, actually, only one with two. So actually, interestingly, <laughs> I did it all again very soon okay. after the first. Um, And it was such a different experience when I had my daughter because I had my daughter at home. Yeah. And I think actually I re- it really resonates, Bob, hearing you say about like, you're just holding this baby for the first time. And I think you have all these expectations that there's going to be this overflowing kind of connection and love. And I felt... And I think it's quite a common experience. I felt the same. It just it just kind of, it it wasn't quite how I expected it to be. But actually, that was really helpful when I had my second and I had my daughter at home and just kind of was really much more like ready for the fact I was just going to have this little tiny thing and really not know who she was or who I was to her yet. And it was just going to like, That was just going to be all right. So, um, that was interesting for me. This kind of like different expectation I had the second time um, that it wasn't, it didn't have to be anything and it was just going to grow. And that was quite comforting, really.
0: Yeah. Um, And when would you say you started using mindfulness? So, since the topic's about mindfulness and parenting, when would you say you started using uh, mindfulness? practice and you know to in in terms of being a being a parent and in your life
2: well for me i got a book called the science of enlightenment i read it because in the title there was a key word for me at the time it was science (laughs) it's still one of the most important things in, in in my life and Um, At that time, I was working, I was in charge of an IT department, so we were doing a lot of science and, and, and there was a lot of the things were going wrong at that time. So, I had a lot of chaos at work, a lot of pressure, a lot of responsibility, and at home, there was also a lot of pressure, a lot of chaos, a lot of responsibility, but I always wanted to be there for him and for my wife. So it happened that I would drink like my fourth coffee just before coming home, because I knew what would be when I would come home. Here, (laughs) hold him, (laughs) because it wasn't uh, easy for her either. Uh, At that time I got the the book. I started actually doing very simple things. I could hold my concentration for about three minutes maximum. That was the duration of my first meditations. Three minutes. <laughs> because it was just, my mind was all over the place. And then that was slowly giving me the power to focus more on what is important, to relax, recharge myself, to be able to handle whatever was going on so that i wasn't just stressed and, and like a uh, headless chicken just running around but i was actually able to do something both at work and at, at home
0: so you were able to apply the techniques at, at home and yes. at work to to get some uh i mean um, one was going to say is it to be able to be more grounded or uh, to you know what, what was the experience or to be uh, less stressed
2: I think at that time, the most important part that I got, yes, stress, but but my, my mind was all over the place. It was like a bag of rice that fell off the plane. It was all over the place, and the meditation was like this broom that helped me to gather my mind back into one pile, something that I can work with, so that I could use my brains to, to do what I needed to do there were constantly sleepless nights and, and, and a lot of pressure and work during the day. Meditation was the one thing that saved my life <laughs> practically, <laughs> and my families as well.
0: Thanks, Zarko. Uh, sleepless nights. Um, yes, <laughs> I can understand that. Jill, what, what about you?
1: Yeah, I'm just thinking about it and I don't think I was really that mindful, like the first year of um, my son's life, I was kind of just so trapped in the moment all the time of trying to get through that moment just to get to the next moment. And there was always yeah. something to worry about is that actually, like, I think I got very much caught up in that kind of monkey mind of just sort of like constantly just not being able to enjoy the moment with them because I was already like worrying about the next the next thing um and when did mindfulness c- kind of start to creep back in it's funny because mindfulness you were saying it was about a room or you know that saved and you it saved your life So I, okay, I love that I always think about mindfulness as kind of a bit of a cottage in the woods that like I found when I was like in my 20s and then I kind of just let it go to ground a little bit and didn't keep up a practice and then um you know at different times of my life I've like just did it out and swept the floors and kind of opened the windows and it's been it's been there again and it was interesting that actually when did I first start using mindfulness well I remembered it during labor (laughs) that was kind of a time where suddenly it, it was so helpful and these things that I had thought I would I would do I'd kind of planned to do all this kind of particular way of having my like having my children at birth and actually it was just little things that came back in that helped me kind of just be able to kind of go with the flow and, and feel in control, which was which was great. But my first year I don't think I was very mindful at all. And I think it was when um probably when I had my second child that I kind of really realized like i'm gonna to have to try and find a way to do this because this is now like double <laughs> um and the multitasking so i think that's when it kind of for me hit home was and my daughter when she was born was ill and was in hospital quite a bit when she was born and i remember it's funny like as well as like, you you saying about like this getting through the times of like stress it was really at the start times of real stress that i suddenly was like okay you've got these tools you need to start using them and I would just be kind of you know starting to ground myself and as I was looking at the clock kind of I don't know when it, whether anybody's ever had the experience of being in a hospital with a, a little one but you just that clock becomes the worst thing in the world as you just watch like it goes so slowly and I think you know just starting to do some breathing starting to do some grounding starting to notice my feet on the floor that kind of thing. Um, I really started to do that and she was, she was fine and came through it and, you know, but it was just that kind of um, out of necessity, I would say, like started and then I started to kind of really get back into developing that daily practice and just kind of molding it, I guess, around like what it's like being a a mum with two small kids to do mindfulness.
0: Yeah. I mean, there is the... The kind of beginner's um, starting point in terms of um, learning a technique, getting fluency um, and then kind of uh, transitioning, um, which I think not a lot of uh, you know mindfulness teacher um, or coaches out there do, is how do you transition the techniques you're learning into everyday life to make it applicable? Um, so I think that's, that's the key thing, you know, how to, how to go about making that applicable. Um, and how, what would you say is, how, would, how has mindfulness helped you be better parents?
1: I think it helps every single day, like, just to slow down and just to have a second or two before you uh, respond. That's been the biggest thing for me is knowing that I don't have all the time in the world because you just don't, but allowing myself a little bit of twist within that, that actually there is enough time to slow down, notice what's happening, and then take a breath before you respond. And I think that for me is the the biggest thing when you've got very active um, young children is how do you just take a second before you say (laughs) the thing uh, you want to say rather than the thing that, you know, just could come out of your mouth at that moment when they are not putting their shoes on. They're not switching the tv off all of that sort of mundane stuff like it just like you know can become massive and just you need the last thing to um to finish you off like that's for me has you been know, it's about being able to just pause
0: yeah that um uh, the, the cheese sandwich you've made the wrong sandwich <laughs> cheese sandwich <laughs> What about you, Zarko? I know. How has mindfulness helped you be a better parent? It
2: helped me in, in, in two ways. One is because we, with my wife, we are raising our child on our own. We don't have any relatives, we don't have anyone that we could give him, you know, for an hour. So we were all the time there with him when he was ill, when he was he had bad days and bad nights and so on. So we were also being very tired and we started having arguments between us. And mindfulness helped me to detect these things. I I still remember that the day and I said, wow, this is because of my meditation practice that when she said something that I was able to stop myself okay i don't need to be right in this argument doesn't matter the argument is pointless (laughs) anyways (laughs) so it makes no sense to to try to be right to try to like show that no you're wrong i'm right and we started just arguing less and and the the whole family atmosphere got better The, the 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 second one is because our son is very active very when he wants something he wants it badly he he will tell you how much he wants it and and he will try to convince you and he's for now but he's finding all of the possible ways how to express what he wants and what he doesn't want very strongly I don't know. Maybe it's the, gen- the genetics of my my mom and, and her mom <laughs> because they are really like tough women. <laughs> and if I would if I wouldn't have meditation, if I wouldn't have mindfulness, I know I would go hard in, in stopping him. I would just like, bam, you know, when, 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 because he he can express himself so strongly. But now I can I can more softly stop him, turn him around. Now maybe you want that. Maybe let's try that thing. Um, I I don't put my anger out in front of me and and attack him. Um, I'm able to kind of buffer his anger or whatever it is, and then help him. Whatever it is, sometimes it's problems that he wants to put on some shoes or slippers. One of these days it was cloth slippers. He wanted to put them on to go to the kindergarten. And it was raining outside. So, no way. But he he really wanted, he was crying and he was angry and he wanted to beat me. And, you know, I, I was just able to, if you have watched Harry Potter, right? Uh, the, I was like, like, like that magician. Like they were creating the, the, um, this magical shield in front of me. And, and his attacks were like uh, this, uh, spikes made of ice. But when they came in contact with, with the shield, they would just melt, you know? So he wasn't able to attack me that he was able to get his anger out. And when he got his anger out, then I was able to say, okay, look, put on the other shoes, let's put this in the bag, and let's go. Okay, let's go. And we went. If I wouldn't have mindfulness, I would go, no, you have to put on those shoes. And and I would go, maybe forcefully put on those right shoes on and, and carry him to the kindergarten, you know, if need be. Uh, but this way I was able to do Things much soft. But at the same time, I'm not a, like a mob that everyone is doing with it to whatever anyone wants. I, I can still be strong. He still cannot like, push me around and, and, and always have his own way. Yeah.
0: So um, I, it, it's, <laughs> it uh, brings up uh, an interesting um, topic in my mind in terms of there's so many different parenting styles so many different views of going about things and one of the challenges i find is uh, with my wife having those conversations so tough conversations so as you were talking Zarko, about your son wearing those cloth um slipper shoes so my style of parenting would be oh you know if you want to go up in the plus shoes that that's fine <laughs> you know where's my wife would say no no um so how each of us uh, as individual uh, what we think is is uh, acceptable uh, mm-hmm. and also negotiating that is 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 a tough thing where me and my wife would have different opinions and uh, we, we might have arguments about it but kind of negotiating um how do you go about things um, so we know, okay, this is what expected? Uh, and also for the, for the child, the child is, is learning. So uh, for me as well is being able to use uh, my mindfulness uh, and the awareness skills and sensory clarity. Oh, you know, uh, I'm, I can feel my emotions coming up and these, these thoughts uh, as I'm having this discussion or argument with my, my wife how can i navigate the conversation so it's productive and and positive so i can i can hear her point of view she can hear my point of view and i think that's that's the important thing is where we give space for each other to be able to 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 share our views um and i remember we read through so many different parenting books (laughs) you know how (laughs) you know we had piles um different things because my son he had colic so he would be crying um you know when he was born and i think it wasn't until he was two years old that we were able to to go sleep uh, and we would take turns in the middle of the night um so it is is tough it's the sleep deprivation yeah
1: i think that's one of the things that you aren't necessarily again prepared for not the sleep deprivation. I don't think you can ever be prepared for the sleep deprivation, but um is the perceptions of others and like the different parenting styles and, um, yeah, I can remember you know just thinking there's going to be so many different parenting styles, but at the end of the day, you just find your own. But then it is really hard. I think it, that is a really Tricky thing. And when you're trying to stay with the fact you said it before, like the child is learning, like they're learning how to do all of this stuff for the very first time. Actually, as a parent, I'm also learning for the first time. Like it's me and my you're partner right. learning at the for the first time. And I think we can sometimes forget that. And that's where another bit of the mindfulness piece comes in, is that bit about actually Having that bit of kindness and compassion towards yourself that actually you're doing something for the first time, too, you know, and that that does require a huge amount of negotiation and patience and concentration and being aware of which bit of it is your reaction, which bit of it is, you know, what's happening in front of you. So, yeah, I, I think. I just wanted to write a new parent manual at the start, which, uh, of all of us, which was just like one line of, just don't read any parent manuals, you know, <laughs> just,
0: <laughs>
1: just instead sit for a minute and listen, and, you know, what could you hear, what could you see, just just do that instead.
0: <laughs> I mean, you touch on a really important uh, point, uh, Jill, is compassion and kindness. Um, with with ourselves as parents because I think sometimes we can um, have high expectations of what expect you know in terms of what we're supposed to be in terms of parents we mean, meant to meant be perfect and even as mindfulness practitioners who are parents uh, I just want to debunk the myth that I I get frustrated you know I have bad days um, it doesn't mean that because I've learned Mindfulness that everything's hunky dory, everything's sorted, challenges are going to come up. But I think what I found useful in terms of having the tools uh, and the skills I'm developing in mindfulness, where uh, I suffer less, I'm more aware of what's happening, and it can be empowering to, to make decisions, and the kindness bit of uh, being compassionate and to ourselves. Um, I think that's that's really really
1: important. Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, you, you're right about the compassion, being more compassion towards self. Because I, I love my son, our son. I love my wife. I have no problem giving them all of the energy and love and everything. But then I forget about myself, and then because of that, I become sad angry frustrated whatever and then i because but now because of mindfulness i can easier detect that and, and, and do something about you about it because otherwise i wouldn't i would just like burn myself wear myself out it wouldn't be much used to anyone <laughs>
1: yeah it reminds me of the um that thing they always say if you're on um this is a bit um off center but if you're on a plane and it's about to crash um that you parents have to put on their oxygen mask first before putting it onto their child Mm -hmm. and actually that for me sticks in my mind as something to remember here it's like yeah i cannot help my child regulate their emotions if i don't first take a moment to try and do that for myself it just doesn't work you know um so i think that kind of analogy and just kind of remembering that it's not indulgence and it's not kind of there's this myth sometimes i think that you know you're you're not putting all your energy into the child's you know well-being if you take that for yourself but actually it's like it's necessary it's needed that it needs to be all people who are in it together Supporting that child need to all be able to look after themselves, um, yeah. Or else it just it just can't work.
0: One one topic I want to kind of um, touch on is uh, children with uh, learning difficulties or and you know special needs, um, because um, my, my son he's got um, dyspraxia, dyslexia, and ADHD. So there are there are those challenges that comes uh with with that as well. And and learning about it. Um because when I um I was I I wasn't aware, I was uh, pretty ignorant uh on, on the subject, um until um school pointed out my son might have these things and that's when I start learning about things because when he was little he used to fall uh, and then uh, bump into things and uh, and i feel bad about it now i would say stop being silly stop tripping over um, but knowing you know his condition now um that uh, he, it wasn't something that he was doing deliberately it was beyond his control and then kind of everything kind of clicked into place because he, he he was doing swimming for about a year but he wasn't learning uh, you know he was still just flashing about so having that um he's got dyspraxia kind of makes me understand okay this is um, um everything fits into place and then i can be more understanding and more compassionate as well about what I can do to, to help him uh, in terms of uh, interventions and things that, that might. Uh, um, so, I just want to touch upon that subject because there are parents out there who uh, might have children with uh, learning difficulties. Um, and it's, it's important to kind of address um, that side of things. Uh, so, it, it's definitely made me more patient um because uh it takes him so much longer to learn things and he's different from other kids um so different mold so um and and that's fine so yeah
1: i think it can take a while to get to that understanding that you just described bob in terms of like he's different and that's okay. Um, Yeah, my um, son has additional learning needs and actually really struggles at the moment to even be in school. And that puts a a whole new stress on the situation for me and my family. Um, I think what I've learned um, from this period of time is that it's really important just to hold on to what's going well and to be able to we've got this negative bias our brains can't but help it that we always kind of it's like the velcro it sticks the negative stuff tends to stick and the positive stuff tends to just wash away Um, and i think it's really difficult if you have a child who has additional needs where you sense or see that there's some differences between them and their peers. And, like you say, well, you get to that point, well, are you like okay with that? Well, that can take some time. And I think the compassion bit comes in. Um, I remember as well, like being really stressful about kind of just the systems around you, kind of trying to navigate them, you know, school. And this is true for any, you know, any family, and just the, the you know, interfacing with school and then you know other potential agencies as well trying to help your child and healthcare appointments it's kind of just being able to stay in the middle of that balance that although people are trying to help it's you that knows your child best mm-hmm. and how to just be able to kind of hold them somewhere in the center of it all um, but the thing I've learned f- above all is just that I can take those moments now where I can look at what my child is doing and just purely in that moment, just feel that positive love and feel that glow and feel good that, yeah, he might not be doing the same thing that the kids are doing, but in that moment, I can see his character. I can see his happiness. I can see his unique contribution that he will make to the world. And I just tell myself very softly, like, right now it's like this. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's going to be like next week. I don't want it. I don't know what it's going to be like next year, but like right now it's like this. And I just take a moment and just stay with that, um, without worrying about where we are on the developmental scale. And that yeah. is lovely. So that's yes. the bit that, yeah, I would sort of say to how I've parents who are thinking about using mindfulness and have a child who maybe has some of those you know additional needs is just kind of like that's how I found it really helpful just for that bit like you know right now it's like this and this is great it's not always great by the way but right now (laughs) it's great (laughs) I switch to another technique when it's not so great then I just (laughs) you know look at what we could do how could we stay calm but yeah Yeah. absolutely but but
0: i think also in general um appreciating the child at all stages isn't it yeah
1: completely um um,
0: rather than thinking oh you know i wish he was a bit older and then you know it's kind of appreciating them as they are now and in a way it's um it's it touches on impermanence because Mm -hmm. they're changing it's like um I remember he was just a little toddler and now he's you know he's 13 he's he's really huge and and he's he's that growth um there's that impermanence uh, he's always changing and just being with that that child uh, in that just being present in that moment uh appreciating that i think that's so uh, that's very touching for me
2: that's cool and uh, um, uh, i don't spend so many times I don't remember so so often to go into this appreciation because I'm more often in the challenge <laughs> how to prevent the the, the war the, the the fight how to work with all of the challenges um, because my my wife has, uh, has anxiety panic attacks, depression. (laughs) And it's... So because of all of that, I'm much more uh, in charge of everything at at home. Spend much more time with him, so I'm also the one on on, whom his either anger, frustration goes or whatever, uh, besides the work and everything else. So I'm always using it. most of the time. I'm using mindfulness to try to calm down myself, himself, him, my wife, anyone, and to go easier, like on with life. Uh, and then I, I also put uh, a background on my phone and on my computer. Right now, it's like this. And when there are some challenges and so on, right now, it's like this. And, and I try to be. Okay with whatever is, because we're not always have the power to change everything in, in, in the moment. So, that time it's the only thing that can save us: it's uh, equanimity, the being able to be okay with what is. Because I, I, I cannot like, change him, I cannot force him or, or me right now to do something. Uh, stand on my head and, and, and dance and something <laughs> uh, or, or extend the the, the days the, the hours of the day but I can do what I can and, and right now it's like this and I breathe <laughs> and, and, and but today tomorrow is another day it will be different hopefully better maybe not but um it, it helps him be more like, grounded and to be more okay with what is, but but it's not like always trying to be positive, force this oh no, way hey, um, <laughs> all the time smile, but just accept, okay, it's like this. But Tomorrow it will be another lovely day, another challenge, another Something, uh, whatever comes, but but mindfulness helps me be more prepared for whatever comes.
0: And um, Zarko, you reminded me um, of you know part of the practice is being aware of how we really feel, and that honesty, uh, and being able to um, to say, and uh, you know, this is what I'm feeling. For my son, he's learned that it's okay. For him to express, you know, to say he's, he's really ang- angry or frustrated um, and not to hide those feelings away. And that's okay um, that there is a space and it's fine for him to have these feelings, how to manage and deal with them in a, in a positive way um so i think being able to to express really how you feel so i'm honest with my son with how i think and feel and him as well um and we're learning from each each other um so so there's that learning process you know i'm growing as a practitioner from my uh from from my son uh all the all the buttons he can push um So, learning, uh, how to, uh, to work with, with those, uh, because, you know, kids know how to press your buttons. Um, um, so it's, uh, I suppose, it's very much, uh, like a, a, like a Zen monastery where, you know, you're, you're being pushed on these different buttons. Um, and so I think what are really, I think our kids learn that, um, how, they can. They might be able to. I don't know. Uh, to intuitively um, be able to express, and if we are able to manage um, uh, the difficult challenges, uh, and also be able to teach our kids uh, how to do that, I think that is such a valuable um, skill and gift. Uh, I wish, you know, somebody had taught me as a child. Uh, if you're frustrated, you're you're angry. This, these are some of the things that you can do that might help. Um, because what we what we do is we learn by error or we stumble onto something. Um, but having somebody to to go through um, to teach you things that might be helpful, I think that's invaluable.
1: I think as well, just turning those challenges like into little moments where it might not like be great, but it's just a bit of a moment of opportunity and just that you're kind of really much more fully aware, I think, and just living as well. Because you you're not kind of trying to just prevent the challenges. You're facing them, you know, knowing that they are gonna come up because why would they not? And you're meeting them with that equanimity of just being able to balance out and see yeah where is the opportunity here and it does go wrong don't get me wrong it does and it will um but then i think you just come at that next moment don't you with like well how do we get to that like repair this let's let's repair this and then you bring the mindfulness in you know oh we're not perfect <laughs> and we won't be doing this stuff perfectly it wasn't made to be do- done perfectly you can't do it right <laughs> mindful parenting it's just how you how you find your way with it yeah
2: well I, I read one somewhere that you can never do as a parent everything right you will make mistakes for sure we all make mistakes but the one gift that you can give to your child is help them figure things out on their own so that when they are grown up that they can resolve these things. Because, for example, for me, I when, when I was a child, I was not allowed to express something like anger and so on. Because I had... I love my mom. I love my mom, yeah. <laughs> okay. love my, but she's a general. You no, know, she's like the... Uh, the if, 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 they, if there would have be been an army, she would be able to like put them all in place and order everyone what to do and how to do and what they are allowed to feel and what they are not allowed to feel and how they should, they should walk and, and everything. So as a result, I was not even aware as a grown-up how much anger there was suppressed somewhere in me or uh, I was not able to feel it or sometimes some sadness and so on. So, such feelings... I never, in my childhood, I never learned to express them. I never learned about them. And only then through the meditation it started coming out. Okay, so this is anger. So now I can teach my son, look, you're angry. Why are you angry? How, why, what will you do about it? Something so that he can be more prepared for whatever will come. Because of course, life is not just just like some, something nice all the time. But challenges come, and, and and mindfulness, I think, helps you when the challenges come to be more prepared, to be more resilient, you not know, to break down so so easily, and and do whatever needs to be done.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, resilience, definitely. <laughs> um, so is there any uh we're coming to the end of the um podcast uh is there anything any of you would like to say or any last words or advice you would give to to people
1: i think i just would stick with what i said is no advice just kind of if you're interested in trying it and developing a mindful practice you've Go for it and see how it fits for you and see what you get out of it. Um, I think, yeah, it's it's a little bit about letting it just sit next to all the other advice you've been given, but then do it if you want to, because it feels like it's something that you want to explore and you find out yourself how it can benefit you.
2: Mm-hmm. And Zarko? Well, I think no one can teach you how to be a good parent no one can teach you how to drive a car right you have to sit in and actually try it for yourself no one can teach you how to swim okay and you cannot read a book that would teach you how to swim right you have to get in the water and try it and at the beginning it doesn't work the same is with with mindfulness and meditation we can we can Talk all day long, but actually, one advice I would give is just try it out. And you, and you, and and what what motivated me was the very first time when I tried, when I saw that I was able to hold my concentration for about three minutes. I saw how bad I was, and so whoa! Well, if I'm this bad, I have a lot of room for improvement, and that was like. What kept me going from the very first moments to improve to, to because I saw how much I can get better. Um, yeah, one even one advice, just try it. <laughs> Go for it. Oh,
1: start small with small little bits. Small, start small, start yes. small and yes. move slowly. <laughs> yes
0: um the The two things uh, I, I would say um, I mean it's just parenting in general, but I think um, you know uh, it can accentuate things uh, and help things with with my, well, three things actually. Um, one is um, making time for uh, your kids. I always try to remind myself because we all live busy lives uh, in modern living, um, so making time so that i make an effort to make time to spend with my son uh so making time and second one just to be present to really be present with them um so that your it's a practice isn't it your mind is wondering of okay i need to do this do that just be present spending time with with the, the child um and then the third one is um Having um, cultivating that love and positivity for yourself and uh, your, your child. So, um <clears throat> so if if anybody would like to find out more about what um, zarku um, what he does, you know his his main topics of interest are personal productivity, relationships, and just plain being happy about life. <laughs> You can check out his website, which is, um, you know, details uh, in the text of the podcast. Uh, And if you want to find out more about what Jill does, um, she works one-to-one with people and also groups um, supporting parents to develop their own mindfulness practices to get them through the highs and lows of parenting. So thank you very much, um, Jill and Zarco. Um,
2: It was a pleasure to be with you.